The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you know me, you know my Father too. From this moment you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, let us see the Father and then we will be satisfied. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, said Jesus to him. And you still do not know me. To have seen me is to have seen the Father. So how can you say, let us see the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak as from myself. It is the Father living in me who is doing this work. You must believe me when I say to you that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Believe it on the evidence of this work if for no other reason. I tell you most solemnly, whoever believes in me will perform the same works as I do myself. He will perform even greater works because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask for in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today, for you all, we are celebrating the Feast of St. Peter Chanel, but for the rest of the church, it's the Feast of two of Jesus' closest companions, the Apostles Philip and James. And in that reading, we hear some of the interesting conversations that Jesus had with his followers, and they were slow to get it. I mean, it was a pretty extravagant thing, so you can understand they were confused repeatedly. <laughs> On many occasions but we see this beautiful uh, moment of hopefully disillusionment with Philip Lord show us the father Jesus says haven't haven't you haven't you got it yet anyway with regard to us here now and under all the Saints but in a particular way under st. Peter Chanel there's a wonderful invitation if I can I'd like to set some context first for what we're being invited to um, and all the literary buffs, if you can just give me some nod of approval when I, when I drop this. It's to do with genres, right? Um, and it's to, do with, it's to do with our stories, because we all have a story we're living, and we all have a bigger story we're part of. But in literature, there's, there's two main categories of story, among a whole lot of others. Um, there's tragedies, and there's comedies. And these are two, they're related, but they, they go in opposite directions, really. What makes a tragedy? Well, Shakespeare says it's characterized by disaster and death. Uh, Aristotle says that characters are usually better than average and they seem to plummet and fall and end in a real horrible state. So essentially, it's a story that starts high, but tragically, it ends low. It ends nowhere near where it began, and it's sad. The greater the height, the greater the descent, the greater the tragedy. With me so far? What's a comedy then? What makes a comedy? Aristotle says it features characters that are worse than average. So they actually start low. But by virtue of the story, they somehow find themselves rising up. Shakespeare would say it's typically light-humoured. It might be a little ironic, and it always ends with some kind of a happily ever after. So essentially, a comedy 
by contrast to a tragedy, is a story that ends, it starts low and gets high. And the lower the starting point and the higher the ending point, the greater the comedy. I want you to have that shape in your mind because it concerns our lives, where they start, where they finish, where they're going, how low or high, how high. What is our story? Today we celebrate the feast of St. Peter Chanel. Do you know anything about the saints in general? Let's just sidestep. Um, there's a bunch of saints that we could name. Um, and to make it easy for us, I'm going to ask you to call out in a second. Think of all the schools that you've played in football matches and netball matches and basketball matches. Who are some of the saints that you've heard? St. Francis, yeah, we've got St. Francis people with us. Uh, what about our other primary school down the road? St. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. Anyone else? St. Joseph's, um, the cathedral. St. Marcelin Champagnon, which is your own saint. I don't know if there's a school named after him anywhere close by. Anyone else? What about Saints Philip and James? <laughs> we just heard about them. See, the point is there's saints everywhere. Now, we have um, ways of categorizing the saints. They're not just a big mob, but actually the church sort of organizes them a little bit. So it looks nice and neat. <laughs> and we can go to them for particular things. So what are the categories? Well, obviously there's apostles, as we just heard. There's pastors, which were priests and bishops and things. There's religious, like nuns and, and monks. There's educators, like some of the esteemed illustrious company here. God willing, there'll be teacher saints here um, in the making. Those known for works of mercy. Think of Mother Teresa or, or any of these people who commit themselves to the frail. There's doctors of the church. I always get excited. There's, there's very few doctors. There's very few who fall in this category. But if you're a doctor of the church, um, the church has essentially said, what you have written or taught is perennially re relevant. Like it'll always be worth teaching. Imagine if you wrote an essay on, let's say, the moral life, how to be a good person, and some university caught wind of it and they said, hey, this is pretty good. And then word gets around and every single university in the world says, this is good. In fact, it's so good that we're gonna put it on the front shelf forever. That's kind of what a doctor of the church is. It's like, go to them at any time, anywhere, uh, and, and they will have something wonderful to teach you. And then we have um, other things like martyrs, okay? And today's St. Peter Chanel is a martyr. So what's Peter Chanel's story? And you're gonna hear about it, but I'll give you just a little snapshot because it helps us trace the comedy and the tragedy, but, but mainly the comedy of his life. Peter Chanel was a priest, so he falls into the category of pastor, we could say. Um, he joined the Society of Mary, or the Marists, and at the age of, at the age of 28. Does anyone here know what uh, the place is where priests study to be priests? It's called a seminary. Um, Peter Chanel taught in a seminary for five years, and he had some postulants, you know, uh, underlings with him that he was teaching. So he was a teacher as well. The young St. Peter Chanel taught in the seminary in France for five years, and then he was sent to a far distant land. The literal meaning of the word apostle means sent. The apostles are the ones who were sent out from Jesus. So while he's not one of the 12, he's kind of apostolic as well, isn't he? Um, one who is sent. His mission took him uh, as, far as, as far from the comfort and familiarity of France to Futuna, northwest of Fiji, where he and a brother were placed 
and they missioned away. The bishop said to them, I'll be back in six months. That sounds okay. Um, he took five years, left them there to just toil. And you might think, well, that's okay. He's on an island. It's like a five-year vacation, beautiful holiday. No, not really. He had to learn the language, struggle with the culture, um, gently respect the priorities and the tensions that are in that place because every place has its, its story which has tensions and things that you've got to be really gentle about, really careful about. He's a missionary trying to preach the gospel, but he's also trying to not just upset everyone <laughs> as he's doing it. Um, and if we read his sermons and letters, we see his beautiful purity of heart, his beautiful clear doctrine, his teaching that he's imparting. But the church celebrates him not as a pastor or an apostle or as a teacher or as a work of mercy or any of that. The church celebrates him today, hence my wearing red, as a martyr because his ministry reached its culmination, its highest point, or the world might think its lowest point, its most tragic end, in a dramatic death. Um, those who were in power feared what Peter Chanel was doing. They didn't mind it to begin with, but then he was having a lot of success. And um, the chieftain's own son said, I think I'd like to get baptized. And this was the last straw. So they had him clubbed to death. Imagine that. Dramatic. Tragic. They thought, if we kill him, his message will die. And we can go back to normal. It's a tragedy, isn't it? Sounds like a, sounds like a tragedy. On the contrary, as is usually the case with the martyrs, 99% of Fortuna is Catholic now. Like decades later, centuries even. Centuries? Century. I don't know. But a long time. He had this enduring impact. A tragedy became, in fact, a comedy. Okay, so I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say here. Does anyone want to venture a guess at how many saints there are? Because we named about five or six. How many do you think there are? At a wild guess. Anyone? Who's the loud kid who doesn't mind calling out? Come on, there's got to be some. <laughs> yeah. 16 saints. That's a good guess to get the ball rolling, but no. 57. How about you get into the bigger digits? Yeah. 120. Bigger. Come on, guys. Look how many people are in the world. Think, think world scheme. 500. Okay. How many people are in the world? Like five something billion? I don't know. Okay. So let's say this. Good on you. Good on you. Let's say this. I'm glad I finally ruffled your feathers. Um, there could be countless saints in heaven. The saints we know by name, the saints we celebrate, are what we call canonized saints. And that just means the church has officially said, if we want a model, here's a good one. And the church is really slow to kind of make that call. It doesn't just canonize people every day. There's this big, long process that, that's involved for someone to be considered for canonization. And then they get beatified. And then they go through all this thing. And then you have to find miracles associated with them. And then you have to find that their, their life and their impact is still somehow there with the people, even though they've been dead for ages. It's like they're still somehow part of the community, <laughs> still uh, walking with them and doing good works, as it said in our gospel reading. So how many saints are there? Who even knows? Like we have some named, but there could be umpteen dozen trillion for all I know. The point actually is everyone in heaven, I don't know if you know this, everyone in heaven is a saint. That's what it is to be in heaven. That's why we say, 
Um, let it be on earth as it is in heaven, because we're trying to live as saints now. We're trying to sort of impregnate earth with heaven, we're trying to bring the whole fullness of God's grandeur right here now. If everyone in heaven is a saint, that means your great-great-great-grandmother and great-great-great-grandfather, hopefully, God willing, is a saint. Have you ever thought about that? That means you can ask them to pray for you. And you can pray for them as well if they're not quite saints yet. But, but, but we have this huge, let's say, army of holy people backing us up in our journey. Um, it also implies, friends, that you have a destiny, a call, a vocation, to in fact be a saint. I don't know if you've ever heard that or if you've ever in, like, taken that upon yourself. But consider for a second you, whoever you are, whatever your story is, whatever your gifts are, whatever your particular imagination drives you to, to go and do in the world, the areas that you'll occupy, the people that you're connected with, you are called to be a saint. Even, God willing, a canonized one that we invoke at masses like this. Because Peter Chanel is just some guy in France. But he's entered into the divine life of God. And, and, and as Jesus says in that gospel, which I want to finish with again, um, he's performing wonderful works in our midst. When we look at the world, we see that it's pretty messy, right? Like this is a busy, messy, chaotic world. And we might think it's a tragedy. It's, <laughs> it's going down quick. But actually, if we're faithful, it has the potential to be the very greatest of comedies of going whoop all the way up into the infinite glory of God. That's true for the world, and that's true for you. Close your eyes and hear once again these words Jesus leaves us with. I tell you most solemnly, whoever believes in me will perform the same works as I do. He will perform or she will perform even greater works because I am going to the Father whatever you ask of me in my name I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son if you young friends ask him anything proper to his heart proper to his mission knowing him knowing what he wants of you what he's calling of you if you ask him anything he will do it he will be glorified in you